Now entering the Bitcoin Podcast Network. episode number 245 i'm your first host marcello and i'm host number two d hi i'm host number three dr Corey petty hello everyone oh my god <laughs> how you guys doing i'm doing i'm tired man i stayed up late last night went to like a oh, yeah like a like a birthday party thing with a bunch of folks and now i'm tired nice man was it uh what kind of birthday party are we talking? Oh, uh, it's just like a like a, a girl's turning but twenty five. So she had a bunch of friends over, and I'm and Aaron Ooh. is one of the friends. So I joined because I'm her husband. Did you let her know that she's round upable now, and she might as well just blink to thirty? <laughs> I'm, that's the best thing to say to a twenty five year old girl. Oh yeah, that's what you say to him on the twenty fifth birthday. I couldn't think of a better thing to say. Happy birthday. You round upable. Yeah. That's I don't I think am. you should ever tell a girl she's round in any context. Yeah. I think that's just stay far away from the that's conversation. That's a word you don't use. Unless you say you're well rounded. Nope. That's still dangerous territory. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. That's why I'm bringing the conversation. Say what, Corey? They got a round butt. They like that. Uh. I don't know. They like round. I think I'm not, not going like, to pretend juicy. like um. No, let's just go move into Bitcoin. I really hope someone oh, yeah. calls into the show this week, though. <laughs> we open up the lines. Hopefully, people join. Yeah. Okay. So this time, um, instead of just uh basically starting from scratch and having people talk or join and not know what's going on, we're going to have people uh, join the channel. We've already given people the. The link in Slack. They're going to join and listen. And when you open up the mic or open up the, the channel for everyone to talk, they'll be able to understand what the hell we've been talking about and discuss appropriately. Yeah, they don't just jump out of the plane and then we throw them a parachute. It's not like that anymore. Um, First talking point is Will Smith and Aladdin. Go. Okay. Yeah, that's some dumb shit. I can go all the <laughs> way about this. Okay. One... Why is he quasi ripped? He's like clearly um ripped for a fifty six year old or a sixty year old. How old is Will Smith now? Fifty something? Fifty? He's up there. Turn fifty. One, that's annoying. Two, there's no genie chin. They could clearly put a genie chin on the genie. It's just it's fucking blasphemy. It's just Will Smith. Blue. It's, it's just a blue Will Smith, yeah. It's just <laughs> y'all are retarded. I mean, Corey, you didn't see it, or else Corey, you'd be outraged. Oh, I, I saw it. I've seen it. I've been there. It's okay. it's retarded. It's a travesty. Uh, speaking of a travesty, hold up. I think I'm gonna try a segue. I've done this in a while. 
Speaking of a travesty, did you write this down? <laughs> Stop it. Stop. I think that we should reexamine how putting private keys on the cloud is a shitty idea. It that that in and of itself is a travesty. All right, so I'm going to I'm going to break character here and could talk about some of my well my previous practices. I don't really do this anymore. But previously what I would do is I created a um, encrypted drive. So I created an encrypted drive on my computer that I secure with a very large good password. And I would store my private keys and backup phrases in this encrypted drive and then store this encrypted drive in the cloud, in a cloud service. So that way I always had, I always had access to it wherever I needed to be because I was in the cloud. I could just download it and unencrypt it, but it was still encrypted. So I didn't rely on the third-party service to encrypt it for me or give them, or if anybody got it, they would, they would have to then need my password or be able to brute force it to get to those keys, but still gave me the ability to have access to it wherever I needed to have it. So it was a nice kind of best of both worlds for um, some of my private keys. And not, since then, I've moved most of my things to, you know, to cold storage, so I don't even have to have that. But it's not a bad way to store some of your, some of your, I guess, you want to call them lukewarm wallets. Mm. If you want to kind of have a backup, a nice, like, uh, it's not backed up to a specific device. So if you lose that device, then you lose all your, all your backups. Or, you know, there's, there's different ways to do things. This is just another way to do it. Uh, I guess you're moving on from how Coinbase has decided to do this for you. Yeah. I mean, they're kind of it it's kind of like a known societal thing nowadays to just just reset the password you know what i mean it's it's something that people have calculated into their lives and some people who have calculated it in so wrong that is their security mechanism they're like i'm going to purposely forget this password so then no one knows it except for <laughs> me when i hit the restore password button i mean i know people think like that so you're probably it, yeah i never thought that people do that but i guarantee people do well, i know people do like personally like <laughs> i'm related to them and it makes me shake my head every time i'm like dude how hard can't get your password it? stolen if you don't know it <laughs> how hard is it to like yeah that's pretty much, that's pretty much what they do they're like yeah man i just put in something random because i know i'm not going to use it in like a month <laughs> and then when i go back to it hit restore password, boom, I'm right back in my account. And I'm like, that is not... That's the, the epitome of trust is what that is. Yeah. <laughs> that's not the intent, but that's how it goes. So, um, I don't know, Cello, what do you think? Uh, yeah, it's, it's the security stuff aside, I just think that stuff goes against the very culture it does. of crypto. And uh, if you look at like crypto Twitter the outpouring of contradictory responses that they were hoping they were going to get should be telling. And instead of admitting fault or releasing a statement, they're just pretending like they're making the right decision. And I don't agree with that. Yeah, but Coinbase has not prided themselves on being the ideological driver of the space. They've prided themselves on enabling people who don't give a shit to get into this space. And well, more often than not, we've learned that People who don't give a shit are really, really, really bad 
with managing the one thing you need to manage in cryptocurrency, and that is your private key. So they're just providing options that are better than uh, taking a picture and putting it on your phone. Yeah. They they live by the the quote that D always brings up about Henry Ford, where basically if you pull the community, then you're not going to be as genius as the guy who's inventing it. And oh, that's, yeah. co- that's Coinbase. Like, oh, cool. we don't need faster horses. We're going to tell you what to do. And there's there's a backside to that where maybe you should listen to the community sometimes. Mm-hmm. Let's give a quote. Let's Let's give the quote. But let's say, like, Two seconds of silence in between, so it's real suspenseful. If um, I had asked, I was, I was just about to do the quote. I'll do the quote. Yeah. Sure. If I had asked the people what they wanted, they would have said faster horses. So I didn't. I broke those bitches off with cars. If you're fucking welcome, <laughs> Henry Ford in this bitch, and then he Direct dropped quote. Quote. That's how that quote went. That's, <laughs> that's not the whole quote. In case you guys didn't know, but there's more. I have to an it. idea. I think that um, I think we should open the lines because the there's this blinking panel, the super official telephone blinking panel is going off right now, and there's so many people calling in. Caller number one, do we? Who you are? Where I think you do we just open the floors and let everybody have it, or do we just? <laughs> that sounds look, good. Yeah, you say caller number one. Welcome, Hello, guys. Welcome, How are welcome. you? This is Ray Redacted. <laughs> All right. We're just opening everybody. Introduce yourselves. We got so many people called in this morning. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. Whoever so called in on the phone, that are you in the middle of an airplane? <laughs> I think that's Daniel <laughs> calling from outside of the sun. Yeah, yeah. That's what I was saying. Man. I was like, I was worried that my sound would be all jacked, but can you hear me okay? <laughs> yeah, that sounds yeah. bad. Thanks no, I, I work in uh, I work in the back, and there's a fan here. So, oh, okay. oh that's why you sound like you're in an airplane, because you were. Yeah, well, I'm also <laughs> using a uh, like an earpiece thing, so it's picking up obviously a lot more. Okay, it sounds a little better now. I guess it just takes a second. Welcome, yeah, no, welcome to the Slack. To, uh, welcome to the to show, a, a man. Room. Yeah, 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 cool. I've been listening to you guys for quite a while, so uh, I think the last the last round time you guys are like, oh, just get in the Slack and. Join the call and stuff. So I was like, I'll look into that. So nice. It's working. You got in when the planets aligned, and we actually started at the time we said you were going to start, and we had talking points ready. And we're getting better now. We're getting better. Well, my my uh, my podcast uh, app always gives me your, you know, it like like two days at least something like that. It's kind of slow, so I never know when you guys do it. I know it's like on Saturday, but I didn't realize it was this early. Two days. What podcast app are you using? Uh, Castbox. Oh, actually pretty good about it. Okay. Yeah, Castbox is good usually. He's yeah, I don't know. Plus forty-eight software package. <laughs> Castbox plus forty-eight, where they give you forty-eight hours. So okay. <laughs> you have any, uh... but as far as uh, as far as the talking point, I was gonna say that uh, for me, I'm just I'm like in the beginning stages of uh, you know kind of getting into security. So I just recently, well two, three weeks ago, looked into using like LastPass. And so I use that for storing all my passwords and things like that. But as far as like, I don't have like a hardware wallet or old wallet or anything like that. I don't actually have a whole lot of crypto, but what I do have is kept basically on the exchanges. Ooh. 
Yeah, it was not good, obviously. But I'm, I'm waiting for uh, I'm, I'm waiting for uh, getting like a hard wallet kind of thing like that. And so, so I'm like looking at some ways to, you know, obviously store my own my own keys and things like that. But I, I noticed that so like I was introduced to crypto and my my first thing was was oh go join Coinbase. And and the more I look into it, the more I realize that yeah, like, like you're saying, the entry level is is so wide for Coinbase. You don't realize when you're entering it that there's, you know, massive fees and they keep everything. I mean, I, you can't actually send a receive without, you know, KYC, AML. And then you look in, like, some of the other ways to do it, it's a little bit harder to get your money on exchanges, like, as fast. And so they definitely make it a lot easier for, you know, Joe Schmo to kind of get into the the market yeah. and things like that. So. I think that's their main push. And I think that them, so I think them getting pushback is just conf like uh confirming the fact that they know that they're doing what they want to do because they're they're not worried about people that are into crypto they're worried about people that aren't in crypto and they're like cool everything that's pissing those those people off is gonna likely make you know joe schmo or whatever crypto one 101 calls the guy pretty happy so yeah Well, D, there is precedent for this, by the way, because when Apple released the iPod and iPhones, true hardcore music, music, audiophiles, um, probably like Marcello, were like, well, it doesn't support FLAC, which is by far the most superior lossless format, right? And Apple said, we we don't really care about the super, super, super nerds. They can switch to Apple lossless or they can <laughs> go buy, you know, a Zune, right? Uh, Zune. Um, and That's it's somewhat similar people. to this. I had a Zune, man. Come on. It's somewhat similar <laughs> to this because Coinbase has kind of made their name around reduction of friction. And for those of you that don't even know the story, Coinbase started offering the ability on the Coinbase wallet app for you to encrypt your private keys to uh, cloud services providers, right? And actually uh, you encrypt it on your device with a password and it's stored quote unquote in the cloud on a third party location. That's at least the theory. And, you know, none of us have gotten to try to hack it yet. And I'm sure that there will be a frenzy, you know, once it actually goes live. But I will tell you, I take a different approach. I take a different view on this than I guess you guys do a little bit because um, I've been teaching operational security for about 20 years. And when I very, very first started, I was in Indiana and it was a volunteer gig I did at the Senior Citizen Center about how to protect your AOL and all this other stuff. Yes. And I'll never forget the time that a woman called me and said, you told us to switch all of our banks to two-factor authentication, um, but my, pa- my bank requires me to put a number in the password. And the reason she was upset was because she thought I was saying to change their password to the phrase two-factor authentication. Okay. So (laughs) it was a little bit uh, the actual phrase, the actual words, those words. Right. And so what Coinbase is doing is is reducing (laughs) friction here. They're making it easier for people to preserve their private keys in a somewhat secure way um, and, and take out some of that stress that pucker factor or whatever for new people to make it frictionless. You're trying to, to make that on. thing, aren't you? Trying to make pucker factor thing. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's two weeks in a row or two shows in a row. But uh, that's that's what they're kind of doing is they're, they're making it so that new people are less petrified of losing their private key. And in, until we see the implementation, right? Until we see the implementation, it's hard to say that this is inherently a bad idea 
because if it brings about adoption and then the folks that do adopt it later kind of come on board and, and, and start getting involved in crypto assets and then start protecting their private keys, that's not necessarily a bad thing. Yep. I would agree. Uh, so well, I, I, but I, might, I tend to, when people are really naive and they ask me how to get in or like what they should do, I tend to say, I still say it, go start an account on Coinbase, buy a little bit of crypto and send it to someone, send it to yourself, send it to a friend, have them send it back, get comfortable with it and, you know, get two-factor authentication, uh, like look around, look at all the features and then ask me questions. And when we're comfortable with that, we'll start working on some of the other things you can do to then take the next steps to like experience like to really experience what this stuff can do. Or, I mean, if, if I have, if I happen to feel rich that day, which is almost never, I'll just send them, I'll tell them to download a wallet and I'll send them some. But like, it's the easiest way to get people with their foot in the door in the space in a, in a semi intuitive manner for what people are already accustomed to. And it's once you get your foot in the door, you can then tell them other things and they start reading and they go down the, you know, proverbial rabbit hole that everyone says they go down. And like, it's just, I think and you, the more options you have, the more you're able to on-ramp people who are from different backgrounds or have different um, confidence in how to do things or even like, or have limited exposure to the ideas that this technology is trying to make normal on the internet. Yeah, and of course, we're going to have to reevaluate this once it actually is shipping because the way they describe it is it's based on your device plus a brand new unique password. And then it uses AES-256 to encrypt that private key and then transmit that securely to, to the cloud provider, right? If once they start shipping it, we realize that it's easy to spoof a UUID or to brute force that password or that the, the, uh, the, the data stream itself isn't encrypted, then there's gonna be a huge another controversy, right? Because you know, there's a lot of people that want to see this idea fail. <laughs> and whenever there's a lot of people that want to see an idea fail, it tends to it tends to get broken open. You know, if you if we look at things like uh, when DirecTV changed their encryption standard around their hardware cards, or we look at oh, uh, yeah. jailbreaking iPhones <laughs> or whatever, when you have an enthusiastic community of hackers that are out to prove something, usually that actually hardens the security of that thing. Let's uh, not let's not no. This isn't some Joe Schmo company. This is Coinbase. They have really good people who work for Coinbase. Like the people who work there, a good portion of them understand the technology and the reason for it and the things behind it. Yeah. And so like they're making decisions knowingly. They're not making like careless, unideological, like, you know, misinformed, naive decisions. They're doing these things for a reason and they and they understand why they're doing it. It's pretty annoying how official there you gotta have a master's degree just to work in the damn call center like the customer service center i was really upset about that well i will tell you i was gonna say if anyone from coinbase is listening you really ought to put a bug bounty on anyone being able to break this but it just occurred to me that if anyone could break this their bug bounty will be like a thousand bitcoins yeah. <laughs> hey so there are those of us in the security community that got the bug bounty email i guess you're just oh, that voice. Oh. <laughs> we know that so voice. Speaking of new people, this is Wayne. I joined. Hello, Wayne. Welcome to the show. What's up, Wayne? Hello. Um, so, Corey, with your description of new people, onboarding them, and kind of the default Coinbase is the destination for right now. I agree with that. I also, 
if they're pressing and they're saying, no, just tell me what to buy right now, I still point them to Coinbase and just say, whatever you can afford to lose on a weekly basis, set up a recurring transaction. And I, and I also, like, I don't mind saying that. I don't mind saying, like, yeah, whatever Coinbase offers is probably okay for you if they're kind of being impatient because I know the amount of um, due diligence that Coinbase does when they add things to to uh, be able to buy on their platform in terms of, like, they are, I've talked with their, like, their security lead. They are looking at, the implementations of all, like all the node implementations, they're looking at, like they set up a bunch of monitoring services that are not available anywhere else to look at um, long range forks or like reorganizations on the blockchain. They look for the development community. They look for, they, they look to make sure that it's a stable thing and there aren't bugs in the way it currently operates and that it'll be long lasting. And if they don't meet a certain criteria, they don't add it. And that's more than, I would say, the vast majority of platforms that are offering um, buying and selling services to people. And so in terms of trying to help mitigate risk to people who are just joining the space and don't understand things, that's that's the safest bet to blanket say, go do that and then come back to me whenever you're more comfortable. And then the second thing I, mean, I tell them is to... Try to find a place to earn your crypto. Yeah, I mean, I, I, that's the best I was, way. I was just going to say that. I was going to say that. That's what happened with me is that I was told to do Coinbase. But like now, when I look back, I'm like, I wish they told me about Coinbase Pro at least because the difference in like the fees and different things like that is just like it's ridiculous. Like they basically rob you yeah. for, for people that don't know what's going on. That's true. And like, to, to tell us this. Um, do you are you comfortable with a, like a trading platform beforehand, or did you did you just kind of stumble on that and then realize things like how how comfortable are you with trading assets, buying and selling, and keeping things before you got introduced to cryptocurrency? Uh, zero. So I mean, there is that element, right? Yeah. So Coinbase is pretty much kind of like they they scrape off all of the the need to know. You just you know they give you this platform that's really useful, very easy, and there is, an, you know, the opportunity to join in without knowing anything. And so, yeah, now now that I know what I know, it's like I, I would have preferred to have, you know, been sat down and explained. I was, I was more kind of like, like you're saying, you know, kind of like, hey, you know, this is what's going on with this, with the, you know, crypto, and you get excited, but you don't know anything. I mean, I, I would have preferred being able to sit down and kind of had to explain to me. So now when I talk to people about it. I don't say go join Coinbase and say like, go before you do anything. Let's have a conversation. And I can tell you the mistakes that I made or the things that I've learned over this, you know, last nine months. I agree ago. with that. That's the way it should be. Does no one here uh, refer Gemini or try Gemini at all? Cronboarding? Oh, I, I use Gemini a lot. It's just the problem is they have, they don't have as good of an interface. Right. So if, if adoption is important, and having a good first impression is important. You you generally for I'll say GPPs, the general yep. purpose person, you 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 start with something that's easy, good to adopt, impresses them, gets them in, and doesn't immediately turn them off. And I know a lot of people complain about Coinbase's fees. It's like one point four percent if you're doing bank. Um 
If you're doing credit cards, it's obviously a lot more. But, you know, in the crypto world, that's highway robbery. But from the fiat world, that's that's nothing. So personally, I had to I had to enough the cash app with Bitcoin. I know that was another thread that we were talking about that some people hate. But uh, oddly enough, that was the only way I could get my mother to actually invest. Um, the Coinbase app was too difficult for her to, I guess, sign up with the, everything she needed debit wise. And uh, so actually the cash app ended up being the easiest way. Now, I noticed that there's like pretty high premium on that. I don't I and mean, they don't tell you what price. They're actually giving it to you at so um, I feel like there's just a 20% markup on that regardless but I did notice that uh, for me it was the easiest way to get people that aren't so tech savvy adjusted to it and able to come on board so even though she's down you know halfway already but <laughs> at least she's got it you know <laughs> I think, uh, well and another big thing is, is we, we we tend to think in terms of the easiest way to onboard someone is to give them an app on their phone right and Coinbase has an app on their phone that looks very familiar to other apps on their phone, right? So they just have a buy and they have a sell and all of those things. There's another one out there called Uphold, by the way, that's extremely easy to use. It's got way less market share than Coinbase or Gemini, but it also is extremely easy to use. And they have a lot more asset um, offerings in the in that space. I think they've got like 12 now. Yeah. And that's well, I'll, do a, that, I'll do a little plug for Uphold. If, uh, if any of you are familiar with bat the brave attention token and the brave browser the if you sign up like for example let's say the bitcoin podcast signed up as a brave payments acceptor so that when people browse your website you get paid in brave they automatically create an uphold account for you so yeah that adoption could help quite a bit and i, I agree with uphold it's just it just doesn't seem you know, for 80% of the population who still has trouble with most apps other than email, because we're in a nice little thought bubble here. We've got these walls up where all of us are highly tech. We have been pretty much all of our lives. We're trying to figure out how do we get the person who sees technology as a not as a tool but as a burden, how do we get them to understand the value of crypto? They're just going to have to die off. Yep. <laughs> That's the solution. <laughs> Clear solution. Jesus. I don't know. Well, well Reem said. So, so, uh, you, so you want your appendage taken out by a tech savvy person. I'm just joking. More, I know you are, but it, it is, it is that, something uh, a lot of people do think. They're right. I mean, getting back really to my about, mom. Well, can yeah. I say one thing? Getting back to my mom, she's not going to buy it i mean literally i had to take her phone and do it for her it's like until it becomes as easy as or or a reason right like she didn't need to figure out facebook until all of her friends were on it and she wasn't and that gave her a reason to like figure it out because she was missing out it was like the fomo of facebook and uh so i feel like until it gets to that level no one and unless you know what we know they're not gonna have that motivation um to really do the extra effort, even if it's as easy as uphold or whatever, what's what's their motive? It, she still it doesn't even think it's going to take off. <laughs> well, it was Silk Road. It was Silk Road for a lot of people. A lot of people joined the crypto asset revolution because they wanted to buy illegal shit on Silk Road. I hope that doesn't apply to your mom, by the way. But <laughs> to your mom, though, like that demographic comes after mass adoption. That's the last group 
And so, yeah. I mean, you're, you're talking about the success. Isn't that of the main group? Right? I feel like that's the main group. No, the main group would be the majority. Laggards are like 16%. The main majority is over 33%. It has to be like 34%. And they come after. You guys, may, so, but, you guys say Chilla, a lot. Do you, do, you want a, do you want to reference that curve you're talking about? It's the, uh, it's the, it's the bell curve. Yeah, it's the uh, innovation, the, the diffusion of innovation theory. Where, I got the book here somewhere. I'm looking for it. Yeah, so it breaks it up into us, basically, early adopters. We've been in the game for a while. And then you have the early adopters, which I would argue is kind of the phase we're kind of chipping at right now. Then you have the early majority, the late majority, and then moms. So he's referencing this book that he made us all read called Crossing the Chasm, or Chasm. I don't know how you'd like to say that word. I say chasm because I'm educated. Yeah, it's good. From uh, Geoffrey, otherwise known as Jeffrey A. Moore. (laughs) So Geoffrey. Geoffrey. So it's uh, actually a really good book that kind of uh, breaks down who these groups are and how you market them or how you change your marketing strategy to then cater to these groups of people based on where you are in the technology or feature or product or whatever the hell you're doing. And I think it, it applied really well to this conversation we're having. I'm like, how you build things and how you talk to people and what you should expect is, is very dependent upon um, where you are right now. And I still think we're so early that optimizing for we'll call them gpps the laggards the last like the the last 10 to 15 percent the people who are physically averse to technology is is bad because we're we're not we're not we're not there yet i agree with that you you optimize for the middle the middle two and we're still not there yet no we're we're very far from there but what it boiled down to with the whole Coinbase thing is, as Reem typed out in the chat here, uh, a caller, it's just uh, it's just user experience. That's what Coinbase has always been worried about. That's what they'll always worry about. And don't let the smooth taste fool you. They've said time and time again they are an exchange. They're not a wallet service. And so they're they're trying to funnel money. people to Coinbase Pro so to take your money. Yeah, exactly. That's how exchanges exchanges don't keep the doors open by not taking your money. They keep the doors open by taking your money. So, you know, that's that uh that's pretty much what they're trying to do there. So, they're trying to make it really easy and I I can imagine if I were I guess I don't know, with the product manager or something, I would say in a meeting like, "Hey, what if we just had a bubble pop up that showed people they could reduce their fees by going over to Coinbase Pro?" And then we get more traffic on our exchange, you know, our product. I can see that coming down the line, too, because a lot of people don't realize, like, they see the fee on there and they're like, oh, OK, it's just the cost of doing business, I guess. It's just a fee. But then there's some people that would say, like, wait a second. What the hell is this fee? And then they're like, I'm glad you asked. You should go to Coinbase Pro. And here's a link so for, the, for the person, <laughs> so, the, the person who started with Coinbase, but wish they had been told about pro.coinbase.com. Um, can I ask if, was the incentive specifically the fee, to reduce the fee? Uh, I think, no, for me, actually what it was was, okay, so the thing with Coinbase is that they're happy to have anyone come in, use a credit card, bank account, whatever, buy or sell, but you can't send or receive until you do AML KYC. And so at that point, I'm like, okay, I want to get my stuff off because they don't give you the option to buy very many things, right? 
you know, as you go down the rabbit hole, you learn about other cryptocurrencies. And so when I was looking into where I'm going to send it, because at that time I didn't have like anywhere, I didn't know where to send it, right? I'm looking at these other exchanges and I'm looking at their fees and their rates and stuff. I'm like, oh, okay, that doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. So, so then you, you basically, yeah, you, you take that next step and you get it into it and you realize, yeah, okay, wow, they just, they cut me deep, you know, and that kind of thing. But yeah, like you're, uh, somebody else was saying about um, there's another app that they're using. Um, but I noticed a lot of, a lot of apps don't tell you what their fees are. And so you just look at it and say, oh, it cost me this much. So I think a lot of people are, you know, not really thinking in that way as well. Yeah. Well, it's pretty standard at the trade-off. Exactly. And, and the trade-off between ease of use and how much you have to pay is so evident. You look at Coinbase, you look at a wallet like Exodus, Exodus has the smoothest, sweetest look. And anyone who's yeah, new, I love it. It looks awesome. Who gets experience? Yeah, if, if you if your first experience is Coinbase at Exodus, you think you're thinking, well, crypto's not so hard. I mean, yeah, it was a little hard, a little, but it's so beautiful. And then you get hit with the fees. Exodus, yeah. you know, if you use them for exchanging, um, it's buried in their fac until you know after you get burned by a fee. You go look to see why was you know half of my crypto gone because everybody was trying to transfer stuff. The network fees are high, and you know well that's the trade-off. I don't like that. I don't like that. Uh, I don't think it's. I think it's something we've come to accept, but not necessarily that's something that has to be. Like this technology allows us to build things that can be smooth and seamless and cheap, and we don't have to charge fees. I think it's just it's a good business case to charge fees because that's the way things have been done for the longest time and people accept it. Well, and, the two guys who built Exodus, they spent a hell of a long time building that interface. And what does the, it do though? You know, the it, it, doesn't on the back move, end. it doesn't move in the right direction. It's just recreating the same shit with, with different technology. So if what they charge the right for the direction? wallet, that, that, that would be a better business model potentially. Hey, get, get our wallet for four ninety nine, something like that. I don't know. Like, it's like I, I hate to plug the company I work for, but like what we're trying to build at Status is something that makes it easy for people to use this technology without charging any fees whatsoever. It's free and open source. It's secure. It's decentralized. It's whatever. But we're not charging anything. And and yeah, if if cool. someone has those tools, then it helps people do what they want to do while not having to like optimize for running a business. Or like, if you can just provide the tool, yeah. like, like the goal of us is to make our company not necessary, which is a very different business model, I guess, or someone would say a shitty business model, but it's for was, a, a better, yeah. a better thing. <laughs> right. So I, I'm assuming you're not a volunteer. No, yeah. I'm paid for it, but like we right. have funds that get us to that point. And hopefully the token economy can help sustain that once we get to that point, if we're successful. Reem, you're about to say yeah. something? Yeah, I was just going to say that Coinbase's competitive edge is is the usability feature. And right now, people are going to pay for that sense of security, which is the high fees. But once crypto has reached mass adoption and the average Jane or John Doe is looking for any wallet, they're going to have to cut down their fees because there are other competitors in the space that provide that usability, that sense of security, but also provide a wallet that people are familiar and can use it. 
So right now they are people are paying a premium so they don't have to worry about the consequences of using a crypto wallet. Well, the problem with that is, and I totally agree, Reem, 100%, but the problem with that is, is when Marcella was talking about the adoption curve, so to speak, with tech enthusiasts and then early adopters and then early uh, two to halves of the majority, that's not an inevitable journey, by the way, guys. There are tons of technologies that never reach that curve, right? Did if you think be- about a Segway, for example, it never got past the the tech enthusiasts and the early adopters. And but I that think- was a price thing. Disney World, maybe, right? That's it. We don't see them on the streets every single day. If it was somebody, cheap, you would. Somebody's at the price point. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, like, cheap and, it's, it's, it's cheap and the embarrassment factor. I'm not going to fall on a Segway in front of my girl. That's not going to happen. Ever. But my point is, is that yeah, mass adoption is not yeah. a foregone conclusion. <laughs> if if we can't wearing your Google glasses, <laughs> if, if we if we can't reduce this friction and make it easier for that curve to be overcome. You know, this, this, I, I know the name of the podcast is a little against this idea, but it's not a hundred percent inevitable that adoption absolutely happens. And I know Marcello is going to agree with me because he said things similar recently, right? Marcello? Well, look at yeah. Coinbase right now. Just, oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, I, I was about to say, like, if we, if we even break into the early majority, that would be success. One thing I wanted to point out, though, is my mom uses Coinbase and the fee part of that, it's not even on her radar. And I don't, I think the early majority and the majority, I don't know if, if when they get hit with Coinbase fees, they're going to immediately assume that those are the appropriate amount of fees and they're not going to know if it's high fees, low fees, or if it's even, they're just going to think it's part of the process. I don't know if that's going to be a deterrent or not. Have you guys noticed it's that a tax uh, on- Facebook looks like for me that, 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 they're going to buy out Coinbase in, in some weird way or, or Coinbase is going to sell. Have you noticed the color schemes and everything that the whole design feels like a Facebook esque feel. So I, <laughs> I have a feeling you're going to be able to buy crypto on Facebook. But soon. that's my design, like the colors, the, well, forms, the texture, the way Coinbase everything. is created is so it could feel familiar to the average person. Right. 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 But all, Don't all they have shared board members? IBM, PayPal, Dell. I mean, Coinbase, blue, if from blue a color cognitive theory, it means innovation, security, safety. So when, but when you see right. red, that'll be alarming to you. Red is like Oracle and Office Max and stuff like that. So it, it's very calculated. Yeah. Yeah. Subconscious though, there's some subconscious thing going on with those colors. It's like, this is a safe space. Yeah. AT&T yeah. and yeah. stuff like that. <laughs> Why is AT&T choose get the fuck off my phone orange then? That's what I would <laughs> Every time I no, open the, my AT&T the Death app, Star, I'm angry. The Death Star is blue. Isn't it gray? Like, I thought it was gray. I thought it was gray. Is the, is the dress blue? Maybe it's bluish gray. Black and white. Tell me, whenever you and I have that podcast, we can talk about color theory all day long. Right, that's ten episodes right there. <laughs> <laughs> I bet, I bet people would like chime into that. I, I think it's, I think it's, I think it's material that people don't. They kind of subconsciously get it because they're feeling those feelings, but they don't understand the calculation that goes behind, um, like yeah. making oh, those decisions. Focus groups. There's yeah. full focus groups and a lot of money. Spent oh shit! That's that's your job, isn't it, Reem? Well, part of your job, or that's, that's what you've been trained in. So, so but Mark, uh, to your point about Facebook acquiring Coinbase and the inevitability of major brand names acquiring somewhat middle tier 
crypto names or whatever. I mean, ultimately, you know, we could say the same types of things about Apple and Facebook and IBM. And I mean, all we could, we could make the expectation that as people go up that curve, not trying point, to look like boys are going to grab some space. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. But it almost just feels like it's, it's preluding. Right. I mean, they're already, they've already done half the work. There's no changeover needed. You just acquire it. And- I mean, yeah. D it wouldn't surprise me a bit if JP Morgan Chase didn't end up in this space somehow. Oh, not, come on, not, Ray. Not, I see what you're doing. Yeah. I see what you're doing. You're not going to do that. It's more, no, it's more likely that the NASDAQ will list crypto indexes. Yeah. Haven't they We're decided not gonna, to do that? Not, yeah. NASDAQ is going to list Bitcoin and Ethereum. So it's clear which tokens they own the most of. But uh, we're going to... So I, I, had, I had one comment for... Um, Ray, who I, I I don't want to just summarize blindly, but you you were saying that you know it's still possible that Bitcoin's adoption might not go through this full curve, and you know whether it be Bitcoin or just crypto revolution in general, I think one thing that crypto has going for it that the Segway and all the other failed ones don't is that crypto has a million poles. It cuts across politics lines. Because it's yeah. got something there for for both sides. It cuts across gender, cuts across income lines, and it's got one or two really powerful features for just about every group you can think of, and nothing else has that that, that I've ever seen. Yeah, but some of those features might be hijacked by other things too, right? Like if if we think in terms of of if if there's one particular aspect about settlement free payment or cross border payments or whatever else, somebody could easily take the pieces and components of that and incorporate it into PayPal or some other existing technology sure. that wouldn't really quite be what we visioned Bitcoin and crypto Literally, to be. Isn't that what JP Morgan is trying to do right now with their stablecoin? Oh, I'm Jesus pretty Christ. sure. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's exactly what they're trying to we do. We made a concerted and effort to not talk about this, and it seems as though we're going to talk about this. <laughs> Sorry, guys. So, I guess, the best way to get a topic mentioned on this podcast is to ban the term in the uh, in the Slack, and then it's given. Yeah. It's, we're I not think talking it's about JP's underlying motive was really he wanted to talk about this, and so he's like, "Hey guys, don't talk about this." And then everyone's like, "Okay, I'm talking." It's got to be talked about it. So for those that don't know, JP Morgan and Chase are creating their own cryptocurrency. So they've gone. A hard full swing from Bitcoin is shit, it's garbage, it's a fraud, to I regret saying that, to, hey guys, we have our own coin uh, in a matter mm-hmm. of like, what, two years? Yeah, they were like, holy shit, you could peel the label off of it? Let's just peel the Bitcoin label off and put the <laughs> well, they, JP They've Morgan. been doing that for years. Yeah. <laughs> they started with, with blockchain, not Bitcoin. So we're trying to get right? them on the, the hashing Foundation. out to figure out how exactly yeah. it works. Uh, what context it works? Because I've I've talked about this before on the show, and that is there's it's it's not a, a one sided movement in this. You have the like full decentralization, open uh, sound money that is like a, a the open networks like Bitcoin and Ethereum, where it's permissionless, anyone can join. It's, it can't be co opted. Uh, well, you know, within you know, I'm sure there's arguments there, but that's the whole idea. These these completely permissionless uh, free systems, and then you have. Uh, the other side of it, which is the centralized world, taking parts of the technology and making with how they operate more efficient. And it's kind of two sides moving in the opposite, like moving towards the center. And, and and that's what we're seeing. Like this JP Morgan and Chase coin is just the inevitable conclusion of 
corporations trying to make their back-end processes more efficient or enable them features that they want to have, like uh, the ability to see exactly where all how all money flows. Because it's it's a, it's a ledger that they have control of, and they can see everything. And so it may make their backend processes more efficient, or they're able to gather more data around the the use of the money that flows that they have control of. And like, why are you surprised? It's going to happen. It's going to continue to happen. But that doesn't mean it's taking away from the other side of the movement, where you have like worldwide money that isn't controlled by anybody. That's relatively cheap. What's my motivation to use that coin? I don't know if you're if you're already a banking customer with them, then maybe you get new features. Maybe uh, you're able to do things or faster. Or I, I doubt it's going to be cheaper because they're not going to make it cheaper. They're just going to make it. They're just going to make more money from it. But you may get new features. I don't know. Well, here's a depressing stat, guys. Apple Pay is four years old, and they just reached the point where one in eight iPhone users have ever used it after four years. So, and Apple Pay is relatively frictionless. It's relatively secure. And it's something that you could, you know, show your mom how to use. And their adoption rate has not been anywhere near what they were hoping or anticipating it to be. They have a vast market share. It's it's 100 times faster than telephones, railroads, electricity, the internet. Great point. As we go forward. Yeah. so, So it keeps getting shorter. And so, you know, in five years, it'll only take a year to do a normal, what you're you're calling normal four years, which used to be 40 years. Sure, good point. Well, I bring that up all the time. I'm like, Bitcoin's 10 years old, and we're having such a slow adoption rate. And then people are always like, well, it took the internet like 40 years. And my argument is always well, like, you it shouldn't take book. 40 years anymore. I, I, you you I, read I, the I get it. book, and, and that point is in there. The, the yeah. point in that book is, look at what's happening to the different adoption rates how long it took to get running water, how long it took to get electricity, how long it took to get, you know, normal air travel. And then you look at the internet, you look at the iPhone, the adoption of a mobile uh, payment system, and then crypto, it's it's all compressed. Is it like yeah. company, company loyalty, people buy into companies now instead of just the process? Like, I'm not going to use Apple Pay unless I buy into what Apple's selling me. And I'm, I'm, a well, I think that's what JPM coin is going to be. Right. You won't be able to use their features without their coin. They'll automatically, I, I don't know this. This is speculation on my part completely, but I can see them airdropping the coin to people who have balances in their stocks, their indexes, their mutual funds, their derivatives. So that will cause a rush to put more fiat into JP Morgan because if you have the stuff in there by a certain time, bam, you get X amount of coin. Yeah. I mean, I, that's what I would do if I were them. Uh, that makes me what sick. it feels like to me is that you're going to have what what probably is going to happen is you're going to have the Apple versus Android little clicks, but in fintech, there's the open source versus closed source, and that's just the way it's going to be. I mean, that's but that's just I mean, if we're talking about protocols. A business can use the protocol however they feel. I just interviewed a guy on an announcement that's coming up. I like how we can like soft plug all the shit that we do. But we have an announcement coming up, a guy who's who's made what he's called the money over internet protocol, who's he spent the entire decade of the nineties building the voice over internet protocol. And he's like, You can use he's like, you could take that protocol right now on this call. Like 
We right after this call, I'll take you, and you could build something using the voice over internet protocol. I don't own it. I just built it. You can build any kind of software that leverages it. So that's basically, I think, what we're going to get to with crypto, at least until until the broader internet, I'm putting that in quotations, of crypto exists and it's usable and it's reliable, then there's just going to be a bunch of different... Here's a main difference with uh, that kind of protocol and the, and the money protocols we talk about when we refer to blockchains is that... Um, the value associated with, uh, you can, yes, you're exactly right. I can make a blockchain right now. I've made blockchains. I've done it. But you know why they're worthless? Because no one fucking uses them. Yeah, no the one. The only did. reason why these things have value is because you have a community around them that uses it. If you have digital scarcity, if there isn't a demand for that scarcity, then it will never have value. And that's yeah. what blockchains, open blockchains are doing. Or even, like, we'll, we'll call any blockchain. It's digital scarcity. But the people around the use of that scarcity is what gives it value and a use in a use case at all. And, and I'd yeah, also Metcalf's like to, law uh, hits everything. I'd Met, also Metcalf's like to, law, um, right? yep. what did you say? Metcalf's law. Oh, Metcalf's law. Okay. I, I'd also like to say that you guys, the, that adoption curve that's represented in crossing the chasm. I think it has some other variables involved when it comes to cryptocurrency because it's not just tech. It's it's it crosses so many different avenues. You've got the money aspect of it, the investment aspect of it. All of those have different social I guess not triggers but like social um levers involved with how they're adopted like a stock is usually you know, it's not like not everyone and their mother is not going out to the mall screaming about how they just bought some Tesla stock. It'd be cool if they were. I'd talk to them. I'd be like, yeah, it's dope, right? It's dope stock. But nobody's doing that. So there's different social aspects that go with that that part of cryptocurrency, the investment aspect of it. And then used as a money, nobody is walking around talking about money like we do. That just doesn't happen. That's not. Nobody's talking about the evolution of money. Nobody's talking about deflationary versus inflationary currency. But one thing is for sure, when something is money and it works as money, people find a way to get their hands on it. So that also is going to adjust, you know, your your adoption curve from crossing the chasm. So hey, hey, D, hey, D, hey, yeah. hey, hey, hey. Do, do you do you want some dope stock? Do you want some? I got some dope stock. Is, is it? Yeah. Is it marijuana? <laughs> no, it's like that. Colloquialism is dope. You know, like that's dope, yo. Oh yeah. You gotta, you gotta go, you gotta go the crypto route for your dope. Yeah. Come on. You gotta go to what is it? Put the little dollar sign, dollar sign dope. I bought some dip dope token. Yeah, just the other day. But I mean, you kind of have to add that into your adoption curve. You know what I'm saying? Is there anybody all that's called in that hasn't gotten a chance to talk? Jesse, uh, Taylor. Yeah, just the headers. What's up? Yo, what's up, everybody? Yeah. Jesse hopped in here as a dude, get your ass off that call so we could record just the headers. <laughs> you have a hey, finish no, up that like... one so you can do this one. Yeah. <laughs> what's up, Jesse? Not much, man. Just hanging out, listening to what you guys have to say. Do you want to talk to any of the talking points? We got one coming no, up. No, we're actually about, about what? I was going to give the world the best grilled cheese recipe. 
Oh, were you? But okay. we can say that for just the headers. That seems like just the perfect kind of just the headers thing. <laughs> no, like the two of the things you guys mentioned, JPM coin and um, Ethereum and Bitcoin coming to the NASDAQ are two of the articles we have in this week's news. And nice. I think we have some more information, but yeah. I would yes, like to I, mean, I would like to point out that that was not planned. We did not have Jesse join so that he could plug just the headers. It's just something that naturally happened. Yep. Do I need to join that show so we can start talking about the price more? You guys have been talking about the price in my absence? No. Okay, no. I'm, joining. I'm joining. Why? <laughs> We're recording right after if you want to join. Um yeah, sorry to the just the headers got out a little bit late this week cuz we had some schedule conflicts, so. Um well, I don't know. I, I feel like we have a bunch of talking points. We really got really got focused on yeah, the coin base. Like, last thing. week we got like uh, no callers, and this week we have eleven people in this channel right now. Uh, I hope we have so many people. We have to develop some sort of structure and like scale this TBP coin. Yeah, <gasps> don't do that, please. Don't. <laughs> You have to go buy TBP coin and stake it. Join the call. You have, to, you have to download a bunch of node software that doesn't run very well and stake, do some weird staking mechanism <laughs> that can probably be gained in order to get access to a token that can maybe get you a chance to join this chat, the, 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 the Slack, which then gives you access to possibly join the calls each week. Um, so it'll yeah. be really easy and smooth and awesome in like a couple months. Yeah, Two weeks. we promise. And you might have to cam. That might be in there. Uh, but... <laughs> <laughs> um. Oh, Mark wants to know how much for presale. Uh, well, I'll 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 make a completely subjective uh, announcement on pricing later on. Uh, but put a really nice header on it from uh, Cello's sweet designer skills to make it look really official. So yeah. you'll you'll be you'll be notified soon. Just give us all your KYC and stuff, and uh, we'll, we'll make sure we take care of that information for you. We got you covered. We got you. Um, I don't know. We've been going for a little while. How long? How long we've been going, Corey? Do we? We're at fifty-four minutes. Okay. Well, there were some other talking points that I threw on there. I I I haphazardly called the bottom two weeks ago, but this week I'm doubling down. And I'm gonna call the bottom. There's some price talk for you, Cello. I don't think that's how it works. It's not the price talk I like. Let's talk about the top. Oh, I don't think that's how uh, calling the bottom works. You don't just keep do calling it, and then when it actually happens, you're like, "Look, I got it right. Look at me." No, you need to say the number and the date, Didi, uh, for sure. Okay. And that way we can put a wager on it, maybe even on Augur. Negro Domus is kind of like uh, Cleo. Was that that that? You know what I mean? Like, there's some. You need to be more specific. Everybody, everyone, everyone forgets all the times you said a bunch of bullshit okay. and remembers yeah. the one time you got something right. I will do this then because I'm not prepared to give a number and a date. I'll put the number and the date in Slack. Um, Why don't we all put a number and a date in the Slack and then the we can, the winner can get 10,000 Bitcoin podcast coins? Sure. <laughs> sure. Yeah, I'll make, we'll, I'll make we'll those make up. That I'll, make, I'll make an RC20 token and start just throwing them out at yeah. people. Oh, I thought you were. Gonna, I was hoping you were going to say they were already pre-mined. They were running on a Radeon server card that you had <laughs> access storage. Oh, they are. I'm just not going to tell anybody about it. <laughs> yeah, we're we're going to commit to supreme grime 
as we launch our token. <laughs> I'm more than willing to take I, yeah. I, I and actually, you know, to Marcel's point, I think we should probably call the top too. I, I guess you really can't call the top if you're a total optimist, right? Because it'll never be the top. But I think we should everyone should try uh-huh. to guess what the date and, and bottom was. We are yeah. four hundred and twenty eight days into a bear market though. I don't like calling bottoms. Hmm. Well, no, Marcello, you could call the bottom being December 11th of last year if you want to, or whatever that date would be. It doesn't have to be a forward call. It can be a backward call, too. It's just what you're betting is like that it won't go below that now. <laughs> that makes sense. It's a makes backward sense. call. Um, so we'll leave that talking point off. I don't know if there's anything else to go into, really. Um, oh, yeah. Well, uh, I would like to say that I love how Ray said that. I'll give you 10,000 Bitcoin podcast tokens it's amazing it's great marketing i fell for that too it's all premeditated we started this four years ago so you could get rich on a on a uh, on a wealth wealth named coin yeah and we'll give you a wallet it's special features hidden accounts where you put it in you put money in there and it goes to zero but really <laughs> it's getting hidden in our wallet that's a special, special it's a security feature <laughs> so let's talk about grilled cheeses and security tips Corey. Well, um, he made that up. More, I don't have any. Yeah, make good passwords. There's one thing I wanted to talk about. Uh, <laughs> shift card is getting canceled, which means oh, one yeah. of our giant use cases for crypto is going away. Uh, maybe not use cases, but that particular company who provided that use case is going away. Yeah. So yeah. who knows? You don't know what shift card is. Shift is a service that sent you a Visa debit card that linked to your Coinbase. And or also, I think it linked to, to Dwala as well, but I never used that. Uh, but it linked to your Coinbase and allowed you to basically swipe your Visa debit card and it pulled money directly from your Coinbase at whatever the market price was at that point. Uh, so you could basically use your Coinbase and have a debit card for it. It was yeah. quite convenient, uh, but that's gone now. It was will be gone it. April 11th. And we used it for lots of things. The and interesting thing in the email was... Yeah, the interesting thing was they said they might be back in the future, which is weird. Like, hey, you know, we know this is discouraging, but we might be back. I don't like regulatory licensing. There's a lot of things going in the background. Uh, the fire festival said that. If you yeah. remember the yeah. <laughs> so, Jaw Rule presents the shift card 2.0. That would be yeah. <laughs> Jaw Rule, baby. <laughs> um, I thought uh, you would have a security tip, Corey, but you didn't. So. So if anyone has um, an alternative, for oh, the so card. key card well, was announced for status. So uh, that's a an interesting way to hold your your, your coins. Uh, basically, it's it allows you to take your private keys off of the status app and hold them inside a um, Java card, which is like what credit cards are. The smart secure element smart cards have secure elements on them, which have limited functionality for doing cryptography type things. And so what? Uh, you can also do key derivation, which means that. You can store all your private keys on a credit card. And since the applet, which is what's stored on these little smart cards, is so small, it has a lot of potential use cases for doing other things, such as also being a credit card or debit card in the future. So Status just released the the key card, which allows you to remove your keys from your phone. It also has NFC, which is near-field channel. So it's contactless. You just like put the card close to your phone to log in tap to confirm transactions, things like that. So it's a, it's a more secure way of, of managing your keys within the status app, which will also, um, we have, it's an open API, which allows any developer to do the same thing with the same types of cards. Uh, so we're hoping that this becomes a much cheaper way of safely managing crypto keys because Java cards are commoditized hardware. 
and they're quite secure and they're much, which means they're cheaper. You can get them mass. Can we get our hands on some of those and yeah, maybe sure give some of our power users? They can get their hands on some. Yeah, yeah, sure why doesn't status develop stuff for like the GPPs? Why is everything such like high level for power? It is. Users? That's what's nice about it is because there's there's ways. And we were kind of playing with this in which you can get rid of seed phrases altogether through doing uh, like multi-factor backup using Java cards. Uh, and so and Java cards last quite a while in terms yeah, of do. being able to like set it and forget it. You know, like if you put a hardware, I think the lifespan of a hardware for in terms of memory vol- volatility is around five, five to 10 years with a CD. It's like 150 or something like that. So like depending on how memory is stored physically, it has a certain amount of uh, lifetime until those bits get accidentally swept through random cosmic rays and random bullshit, right? And so uh, Java cards have a pretty long lifespan, so you can you can potentially back up all your private keys, never have a seed phrase, and store these Java cards in various places that um, allow you to not have to worry about, you know, taking a picture of your seed phrase and storing it on your phone. So... Yeah. Nice. There's it's a good large to have backup there, plan. There, there's a there's a long plug for status hidden as a security tip. Yep. There we go. Um, I would love to Corey. Maybe we could talk offline and get some like some so we can get some key cards into the hands of the power users in Slack, and they can see what they think about it. Yeah. Well, or or good. they can sponsor the show and give us some money <laughs> <laughs> take that route status take that take that route Joe just said um well mark I mark we... said in the, in the in the chat uh mark fake last name that's his real last name by the way weird <laughs> weird family lineage uh change all passwords to two-factor authentication um <laughs> Just to make sure that that, that was a throwback just... to earlier in the episode. The, the story yeah, I told about awesome. optic training. But um, I, I actually do have a security tip, by the way, D. If you if if you don't mind, yeah, go ahead and drop it, and then we'll. Yeah. So uh, for those of you that are listening, this is uh, episode two forty five. It's mid February two thousand nineteen. We always have to remember that people might be listening to this in twenty thirty or whatever uh, in the future. But um, if you're mo- like most people that own crypto assets, you tend to procrastinate filing your taxes as long as you possibly can because you don't really want to think about all the hassles about trying to calculate all that junk. But I would highly recommend that everyone right now go ahead and file an extension, even though you don't need one, because it will put you in a different bucket with regards to people fraudulently trying to file tax returns on your behalf, which uh, continues to grow every year. So by filing an extension, which is free, uh, it 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 uh, makes your threat vector a little bit smaller for bots and scripts that are trying to brute force social security numbers and, and and put in fake filings. So if you can't file completely, go ahead and at least file an extension this weekend. That's a great tip. Security <laughs> tips with Ray. Yep, that's a nice <laughs> jingle too. All right, our well, jingles. we need a sponsor so we can start coming up with shitty jingles again. Yeah, man, I love <laughs> shitty jingles. We just like we always say we're gonna get sponsors and then we put in zero effort to get them. Yeah. No, we don't say that actually. I've been <laughs> monitoring that activity and we do oh, yeah. not say that. We actually do not say that. We, we think that a lot. Them. You know, this would be a fantastic time for me to tell you about my favorite book available on Amazon right now. Oh shit! Yeah, <laughs> we're so glad. I'm so glad our community keeps us keeps okay. us from being shitty podcasters. Yeah, yeah. Um, we have a book. We hope that you guys would go out and buy it. 
it's it's on uh in their electrical version now to electric yeah it's a buck, buck 99 get the electrical version there's an electrical version you can get for two dollars there's also $2 a link on the website finally yeah it's a big ass picture of the book and you click on that and then you could go buy the book it's called can you describe bitcoin or Ethereum or blockchain in 10 words or less um when we did a lot of interviews uh, which we will be doing again, so keep your ear to the street. Here, I'll pull a um, random one up. Uh, ear to the street? Is that, a, is that the phrase? Yeah, man, you keep your ear to the street. Hear the noise. I don't think that's how that says. Who should I, who should I read a quote from? Um, let's go with a quote from... Uh, Lil B. What about Shigala? Ooh, Josh Shigala. All right, so Josh Shigala said november 29th uh the year is 2015 we asked him if he could describe bitcoin josh agala is a gold bug he's the ceo of voltoro he said that bitcoin is the most evolutionary thing in our lifetime a true separation of money and state and a peaceful exit and a strong failure of 10 words or less yes. oh yeah he failed that yes yeah. Yeah. yeah um so that's what you get that's hey, a so taste of what you get what's up Corey? what 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 does the sponsor get uh, I don't know. Or cello, <laughs> cello. What? So, so a, if a I wanted to sponsor, if I wanted to sponsor the podcast, um, you know, and you can slap my JPM coin logo all over. What? How much does that cost? Depends oh, on who's I asking. Suppose that. Yeah, it depends. Yeah, what you do get is JPM coin like a I lot, like and then you get Corey and D not pretending <laughs> like they like it, and then. That's and do you take the payment that. in JPM coin or do you ask for fiat? Oh, hell no. We don't ask for fiat. We've never, I don't think we've ever taken anything from any, any type of sponsorship or advertisement that we've ever sold has never been in fiat, I don't think. Well, here, no. Uh, this is for you, Sprinkled. So I was dealing with a, um, with a sponsorship this week, actually. And it was a crypto company, and their motto was revolutionarying the crypto payment system, whatever. Revolutionarying? Revolutionarying. <laughs> I don't know. It, it was uh anyway, long story short is they weren't set up to pay in crypto. And they're a crypto company. And it's, <laughs> it's very alarming. Very alarming. And, they, and then I was like, well, pay in PayPal then. And they're like, well, the fees are too high. And I was like, I can't help you. Goodbye. <laughs> I so, can't take your money. That was very frustrating. Yeah. Very frustrating. So it happens, believe it or not. Maybe we'll get uh, Butcher Box back and we could talk how awesome it is to to provide your wife with meat. Can we explain Bitcoin in 10 words or less? Says Mark, face, fake last name. Um, yeah, I'm just going to call it money of the future. No, no, no. Each person says one word, and the next person has to come up with the next word. You don't know how these... So we have 10 people on the go? call right now. We could do this. Wait, wait. Are we? Do we each drop a word, or they? We have to form one sentence with. We have to form one sentence. One, one sentence. sentence a new word. And okay. then, so cello, cello should call out the people so that people aren't. Uh, I agree with this. Cello, start with the. You you start, and then you you say who okay. says the next word. The Dimitri, you're next. Money. Uh, Jesse, you're next. Um, <laughs> I don't want to say an article. That sucks. Yeah, that's true. Articles don't count, or do they? I that guess of. God damn it! Well, we ruined this, so that was good. Yeah. <laughs> Combo breaker. Thanks, Jesse. 
the money uh god damn it that's where we are right now <laughs> yeah yeah so uh ray watson there you go uh, what was the last word money uh i think it was disruptor how about the money disruptor the money disruptor okay that's three who's next ray pass it on the hot potato uh reem what <laughs> You're going to add a word to the sentence about Bitcoin. The money disruptor. You're the fourth word. Uh, shit. Not quite I, sure we can use that. Really we can use that. that context. The money disruptor shit. You know, I didn't have to mark this episode explicit content until just now. Thanks, guys. Welcome. <laughs> Who's next, Ray? The money... I'm- Goddamn disruptor shit. That's what we have right now. I'll go next. It's of. I think it just illustrates it. It's hard to do this. Yeah, with 10 people, or half of which aren't really paying attention. <laughs> yeah. They've, anyway, they've needed a long time ago to let's make Let's wrap it up. If you enjoyed yeah, this conversation and you would potentially like to get in on uh, future conversations, join the Slack. We're always talking. Yep. Uh, you go to the website, thebitcoinpodcast.com. There's a Slack button. If you can't find that, I can't help you. Yep. Um, um, there's a bunch of other things there, a, too, like a donate, a donate button, button where you can yeah. send us money. Um, yeah, you could. there was a donate button there. Uh, we hope that you join the Slack. The Slack is getting a lot more active, which we really enjoy because uh, we want that to kind of be a community that you guys could build with us um, as we grow that. You know, we've we've got this goal of trying to get 1,200 Slack members. Um, and I know Slack is not cool amongst the crypto, the crypto uh, couture. I don't know. There's like fancy crypto people. But we like Slack. Slack treats us well. So you can join Slack, join in all the, the conversations. We have a daily conspiracy theory point coming at you from Will. And then we have all, <laughs> we have, we have all kinds of... Hey, All D, kinds of stuff. What's guess up? what, man? You know a good way to donate to the show? What's up? Go to a uh, law and blockchain post, and there's a really cool donate button yeah. in the description. And that's another way you can donate to us by going to our other shows. You, sir, like to rock the boat. She's not listening. Uh, it's cool. <laughs> so, yeah, there's all kinds of ways you can also donate to the show. Please go out and buy the book. Um shout out to do we have any shout outs no um yeah i think we can wrap it up once again please join the slack hang out with us it's a good time oh if uh, you if you want a, like a really meaty episode crypto bully's got a two plus hour show that he just posted on our network yep so if you're a fan of his show check it out i know we're getting better at this network thing because we i think we've casually plugged every show on the network this this yeah, Dose of Ether's got some stuff, some interviews from a previous conference that they and, have in the camp. And BitBoils told me, somebody who joined the site recently, he's really digging into the on-ramping episodes that I did last year and the year before. So that was my version of Crypto 101. Of course, shout out to Matthew Aaron. He does a great job with the Crypto 101 podcast. Whoa, whoa, um, whoa, whoa. Oh, man. It's a good <laughs> show. Like a, I really like Off network. He didn't no. pay. Uh, his show is mediocre until he pays. <laughs> Press, come on, hashing it out—it's a good show. That's my show, and I talk about really technical shit with really technical people. Uh, It's not for the faint of heart, but it'll let you know how things work and what people are trying to do to fix the problems. 
of how this technology actually works or what problems we're trying to tackle uh, to apply this technology to that makes the world a potentially better place or not. I don't know. We're just trying to dig deep. Yep. And that's about it. That's everything that we do. Oh, bullpen podcast as well with the crypto bully who, I mean, really it's just like an audible journey of him learning about crypto in this space. And he does a good job of presenting it. Um, crypto until infinity. Crypto until infinity as well. Uh, well. There's a lot of shows on the network. Holy cow. We should like hire a marketing team or something. Yeah. That's what we should do. All that money we're um, making? Okay. Yeah. This crazy crypto <laughs> crypto we're stacking over here. All right. Um. Well, that's about it, guys. Uh, shout out to uh, Carla Lewis and Taylor Rooks and uh, Zazie Beats and Zoe Saldana. Play.